The scripture this morning is Hebrews 11:20 to 31. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. This is the word of the Lord. It is good to be back home. I'm so blessed that the Lord gave us a good time to rest and to, to visit friends and family. And we are here back and glad to, to see what the Lord is doing among us here at first. So let's start with a word of prayer this morning. Father, we are coming this day to your word. It's meant for your glory and for our own good. It's meant to show us the Savior. It means, it meant to show us the way of salvation. It means that you want us to teach us your ways. Shows us, Lord, these things while we read, while we meditate, while we um, come to your word, Lord, uh, that we can really believe it and we can put it into practice. For this, Lord, we ask the help of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. In our passage for this morning, we will find three marks or three signs of true faith. But before we begin... um, But before we begin talking about these signs of faith, I would like to recall an important statement our brother Ranik shared with us last Sunday. He says, faith is not a religious sentiment that is divorced from reason. Faith is not a religious sentiment that is divorced from reason. The Christian faith is not about leaving the brain outside the church. 
Faith is not a leap, a leap into the darkness, a blind belief. How often have we heard the phrase, don't think. Don't overthink it. Just believe it. But this is not the faith that the Bible refers to. Biblical faith is based on fact and events that, had, that have happened and there is no doubt about them. And above all, is based on a person. Faith is based on God himself. And chapter 11 describes this beautifully. The persecuted and troubled church that received this letter, the letter of Hebrews, have paid no attention to it had the fact mentioned in this chapter been in any way untrue. So imagine the writer of the Hebrews thinking, oh, I know the way to cheer up my Jewish brothers and sisters. I will tell them some fairy tales about how the world was created. Or maybe about the feeble, feeble of Enoch or Noah. Or about the fantastic tale of Abraham who had a son when he was almost dead. Do you think this Christian Jewish will have paid any attention to these stories while they were in the middle of persecution, enduring hard struggle with suffering? Of course not. The reason why the Holy Spirit is using these accounts here in chapter 11 is that these stories, these accounts were true stories, true accounts. So reason and intelligence dictate, intelligence dictate that if these accounts were true, we can have the same faith that sustained and that encouraged these saints in the past. These persecuted Christian Jews which were part of the history of Abel, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, Joseph, and Moses. These people were real people. So this church and this Christian could relate to these real people in the past. That is why these stories of faith are used here. These people believe in the same God and trusted the same God. Notice again, hitting Hebrews 11, God is the object of their faith. It is not a wishy-washy faith that believes in whatever. No. Notice how since the beginning of chapter 11, the chapter of faith, on faith, it starts describing who God is and how God works. Because it is important. 
important to know the one in whom we will have faith. Hebrews 11.3 starts saying that God is the one that created the universe. That is the first statement that you find in verse 3. Who is God? Nonetheless, none other than the creator of everything. So there is where your faith is going to be. In the creator of everything. And then he's the creator of Adam and Eve. And then he is the one who accepted Abel's offering. He is the God who warned Noah about the flood and whom Noah trusted to build an ark for about a hundred years. He is the God of Abraham who left his land and his kindred for an unknown place. He is the God Sarah trusted to receive the power to conceive at 90 years old. The faith that the writer of Hebrews is talking about is not, is not a blind faith. It is a faith based on who God is, his character, and how he has acted through history. So when the Jewish Christian received this letter, they understood faith as a reasonable faith, a faith based on God's character tested through history. The same God with the great heroes of the faith is the same God with the Jewish church to whom this letter was written and is the same God who is with us today. That is a reasonable faith. Annelise, my daughter, asked me a couple of months ago, so that you two are married, right? And what I answered was, of course we are. And she asked me again, and why is it that you don't have a wedding album? I had to give her a long answer that I will not give it to you right now. You can ask me later. later. But you know you know what she was asking for, right? Evidence of that event. She wanted evidence to prove that the wedding had taken place. And do you know the first thing Ana Patricia and I did when we went to Dominican Republic? We went to our photographer and finally ordered our photo album. <laughs> this is the proof. Oh, the proof. This is the small, the small one that I needed just to show my daughter. 
This is a little proof. We will have the big one later. And Elise was the first one to see it. And that is what the Holy Spirit is doing here in Hebrews 11. He presents a gallery of events in which God was always present. So we can have the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. If God was with his people in the past, he will be with his people in the present and will fulfill what he has promised for the future. So with this conviction and with this security about who God is and how God worked, let's talk about the marks or the signs of true faith. So the first sign or the, true, the, the, the first mark of true faith is that true faith has hope until the very end. If you go with me to Hebrews chapter 11 and you open your Bible in verses 21 to 22, and we'll read together these verses and you will find that true faith has hope until the very end says verse 21 by faith jacob when dying blessed each of the sons of joseph bowing in worship over the head of his staff and then next verse says by faith joseph at the end of his life made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones from him. Both verses mention that when Jacob and Joseph were dying, instead of being afraid, they turned their eyes toward God instead of looking to their failures. Jacob blessed his family full of hope for them. And Joseph looked to the promises of God in the future. If you remember, Jacob had a lot to be ashamed of and a lot to be sorry about. Remember that his name was deceiver, liar, trickster. He could have been regretting his past in his last moments of life. Jacob had a lot to be ashamed of. He tricked his father. He preferred one wife over the other. And he favored a son over the rest of his sons. He made life hard for everyone around him. You wouldn't want to be in his family. But, but at the end of his life, he worshipped and he blessed 
his family instead of looking back and lamenting his past in fear of the impending death. What an example for all of us. He worshipped and he blessed his family. Instead of thinking about the past, he looked forward. And Joseph did the same. Before dying, he expresses his desire to have his bones buried in the promised land. No, Joseph was not looking for revenge, revenge on his brothers. Joseph was not blaming others for his sufferings. No. Because Joseph knew that God has promised he would bring his people back to the promised land. So he asked his brothers to take his bones with them. Could you believe this man? He was telling his brothers, don't leave me in this land. I want to go with you. I want to continue being part of this family. I want to continue being part of the promises that God has given us. I want to be with you even when I am dead, very dead, and my bones are going to be dry. Take them with you. Joseph believed in God's promises, and he wanted to be part of it even after his death. What a beautiful way to die. Not thinking about what they did to me. How life was so hard with me. But thinking what God still have ahead of me. Hope. Hope. At the very last moment, they trusted in God and in his promises until the very end of their life, the moment when even the strongest fail. The question for us is, how is our faith in our God? Are we ready to bless and trust who God is even in the most challenging moments of your life? Are you willing to trust God until the very end? Second the second mark or the second sign of true faith is that true faith has no fear of men and does not love the world. Go with me to verses 24 to 28. Let's read these verses together. 
Hebrews 11, 24 and 28 says, By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the floating pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt. He left the world, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Through faith, enable us to do what is right when we feel intimidated by people in the world. Let me repeat you this. True faith enable us to do what is right even when we feel intimidated by people in the world. Imagine yourself before a man as powerful and as cruel as the Pharaoh. In those days, let me remind you, there was not such a thing as human rights. Yes, they were slaves and they were not slaves, but everybody, everyone was under the rule of these men. There was no guarantee of anything with human life. Challenging this man could have only been done through faith, through a firm conviction, and through the certainty of the existence of someone superior to Pharaoh, God himself. how you can get rid of the fear of man and fear of the world. You need to see God bigger than the man and the world. Moses believed that there was someone greater than Pharaoh who could protect him and fulfill his promise to free his people from slavery. And this is what happened. Do you remember? Moses and Israel obeyed God by sacrificing a lamb because that was what God asked them to do in order to be free. And so their fear of God was greater than the fear of men. By this faith, 
in God, Moses celebrate the first Passover in the history of Israel that pointed to God's final redemptive plan through Jesus Christ. Moses celebrated the first Passover, pointing to the last Passover on the cross on Calvary. By faith, Moses did that. And Jesus himself was telling the Jewish people in Matthew, Moses saw me and wrote about me, and he believed in me. Why you are doubting about me? He did that. Passover was one of the ways Moses believed in Christ. And that's why even Jesus in Matthew 10, 28 says, Look, fear not the one who can destroy your bodies. Which means, fear not what man can do to you and to your bodies. Fear not what the world can do to you and to the things that you possessed. Fear God, because God can do something worse than destroy your body. But Moses, by faith, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of Pharaoh. And by faith, he endured as seeing God who is invisible. How you see the invisible God? You see the invisible God in how he acts through history. Someone says that history is the invisible hand of God. Look around what is happening. Look, look back and see what had happened. And you will see God acting there. That's how you see the invisible God. That's how Moses saw the invisible God. He reasoned and said, God has been faithful to us. God was the creator, was faithful, was, was with Noah. God was with, Moses, God was with um, Abraham, with Jacob. So therefore, he is going to be with me and with us. He is greater than man, and he is greater than the world. And third, finally, true faith has no fear of the unknown. Are you worried about the unknown? Are you worried about the future? Look what true faith does. Read with me verses 29 and 31 to 31. 
by faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Hebrews 11 is a record of people who put, who people God put in situations they didn't make sense. He asked enslaved people to leave the most powerful nature of the time. And then God guides them to a place with no exit. They were against a wall, the Red Sea. And in the other side, they had the army of Egypt. But it was God who put them in that place to teach them to trust in a situation they could not control and did not know the outcome. Have you been in those similar situations as well? In a place where it's not the bad luck, it's not circumstances, it's God himself who has put you there to teach you to trust and to have hope and to believe in him when you do not know the outcome. That was the perfect classroom to show them his power, his character, and faithfulness in unknown circumstances. And that is the perfect classroom for us where God shows us his power, his character, and his faithfulness in unknown situations. The same thing happened with the walls of, walls of Jericho. It did not make sense to march around the walls seven times for seven days. That was an unknown battle strategy. I don't think it has been used again. But the walls fell because they trust the word of God. But it's easy to say they trust the word of God, but behind the word of God is God's character, the person of God. Who God is, He is trustworthy, He is faithful, He is true and never lie. He's reliable. 
the last example is that of Rahab. She did the opposite of what a good patriot would do for her nation. As Canadians, if we have spies, we have spies. Right? We're patriots. He did the opposite. He jumped into the unknown because she believed God was the true God and he was with Israel. How, how did she know? She heard how God opened the Red Sea. She heard how God delivered his people out of Egypt. He saw the glove of God working in history. That is a reasonable faith. She was very intelligent. She was very smart. He saw what happened and she said, no, there is no doubt. I'm not jumping here. into the nothing. He is God. And she helped these spies. And she was saved. And here lies the lesson for all of us. When we are in uncomfortable or unknown situations, will we trust that God has put us there? Will we trust even when we don't understand or we don't know the outcome? As we have seen, true faith has hope until the very end. True faith has no fear of man or the world. And true faith has no fear of the unknown. Has no fear of the future. Has no fear of the things that we don't see or we don't understand. Because we are a people of faith. Our faith is based on who God is. Our faith is based on God and His character. Let's pray. Thank you for your word. And thank you, Lord, for this photo album that shows us, that proves us in a reasonable way that you are trustworthy. You are real. We can have no doubt that you are working, that you are with us. Even in the moments 
are difficult in our life. Even when we are afraid of men or the world, or even when we don't know the future. Thank you for who you are. Amen.